Welcome to Advancing All Women with Sarah Alter, President and CEO of Network of Executive Women. On this show, you'll hear top executives and experts talk the most pressing topics for women in the workplace. From advancing women of color, to developing and engaging male allies, to how to navigate the new workplace post-COVID-19. Sarah will cover it all as she and her guests dig into these key issues. Now, here's your host, Sarah Alter. So in the spirit of our show theme today, which is women in STEM, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, I did my research. And here's what I have discovered. There have been countless female leaders who have changed our lives and the world that we live in. And they've done so by advancing science and technology. Let's talk about a couple of them. And we're going to talk through the centuries here. First and foremost, Ada Lovelace. She lived in the early 1800s, and she was both a mathematician and engineer, and she is regarded as the first computer programmer. Long, 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 as we know, before modern computers were invented. And she was given this credit because she invented the first computer algorithm. Marie Curie, a physicist and chemist living in the early 1900s, chief among her achievements was discovering radioactivity and she invented a mobile x-ray unit that was deployed in World War I. Even better yet, she was the first woman to win the Nobel Prize twice for both physics and chemistry. Katherine Johnson, who lived in our century, um, yet another mathematician whose calculations of orbital mechanics as a NASA employee were critical to sending the first Americans into space. And as I think everybody's seen that incredible movie, she was profiled, her story, and hidden figures. This one was really interesting to me. Hedy Lamar. Again, in our century, she's a self-taught, was a self-taught inventor, engineer, and film actress who was awarded a patent in 1942 for her secret communication system. It was originally a way to set radio-guided torpedoes off course during the wars, and it eventually inspired Wi-Fi, GPS, and, oh yeah, Bluetooth technology that we use today. Radia Perlman. Again, in our century, she was the mother of the internet. And her invention of an algorithm behind the Spanning Tree Protocol, STP, was instrumental in making today's internet possible. Okay, this list could go on and on and on. Um, Graphical user interface, GUI, was invented by a woman at Apple. The first search engine invented by a woman. It could go on and on and on. Okay, so why focus on our show today on this topic? The common theme here is that women have been doing this through the centuries, and Canon should be playing a pivotal role in business, which ultimately transforms our lives in the world as we know it. And in our discussion today, we have the most brilliant of leaders And they're going to share with you how today's leaders and organizations should be bringing and how you should be bringing more women into STEM fields and roles. And how do you eliminate the barriers and open that door wider to women? 
I'm Sarah Alter. I'm your host for the Advancing All Women radio show. And my why, I'm the CEO and president of the Network of Executive Women. And I am joined, as I've already shared, by the most brilliant of female leaders, Dr. Jayshree Sait, corporate scientist and chief science advocate at 3M, Monique Paku, global executive, product and tech strategy and server operations at Google. And last but not least, Tiffany Sargent, chief technologist for cloud and enterprise sales and senior principal engineer at Intel Corporation. Hey, good morning and welcome to all of you. All righty, so um, Jay Shree, mm-hmm. I'm going to start with you. Um, let's talk about, you know, okay, what what brought you into this incredible STEM world? Tell us your personal journey. Well, I uh, grew up in India, actually on the campus of a premier engineering institution. My dad was a professor there. So there was a strong push for us to become engineers, both me and my brother. And so that's what I had to do. Um, I did my undergrad in chemical engineering, and then I came to U.S. for graduate school. And when I was in my Ph.D. program, I actually did a summer internship at 3M, uh, something I would have not known anything about. But it just so happened that a college mate ended up here and encouraged us to apply. So I came for a summer and that summer I got a job offer for a full time position. So I graduated and joined the following year. And my first role was actually in a business unit that developed fasteners and closures for disposable diapers. So I like to say that 28 years ago, I started at 3M in diapers. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and since it. then, uh, you know, I've worked on uh, different products and technologies for many different market areas that 3M is in. And I've been very uh, fortunate and risen to the level of corporate scientist, which is the highest technical designation for a scientist at 3M. And in 2018, I was also appointed as 3M's uh, first ever chief science advocate. It was a role that was created uh, to do just that, advocate for science, because we had 3M did some research and found that there was a need for that. And we can talk more about that later. So right now for my day job, I work on developing tapes and adhesives for industrial applications. And when I'm not doing that in my other day job, I'm advocating for science. So thank you very much for having me. And I'm looking forward to the discussion. Oh, oh gosh, no, our, our pleasure. Um, Tiffany, let's hear your personal journey. So I wasn't destined to be a scientist or an engineer. Um, I was always good in math um, and science as a child, but I had a love for art and design. And so when I was looking around for what to study, um, when I went to school, I having um, understanding that engineering and science was a path that my dad had taken, some of my relatives had taken. I embarked on an exploration and became an industrial engineer with this thought that, hey, if I'm not going to maybe be an interior decorator or a designer, maybe I'll design factories and systems instead and and leverage some of the the math and science. And so, you know, maybe I wasn't going to pick out the colors and, and, you know, get to design beautiful rooms, but I could design the the buildings and work with architects and so forth in that journey. So when I went to industrial engineering school, I went to UMass 
class as an undergrad. And when I graduated in 92, I was excited to embark um, in the workforce, but there was a recession and we didn't have any jobs. Um, and so I ended up going to grad school and um, specializing in facilities design, right? Trying to bring that design in. And in 94, I was hired by Intel. And once I stepped foot in Intel, one of the things that I always share with folks is, you know, be the pebble, go where the stream is going to take you. Because I actually never practiced anything in facility design, but I used all the skills and all of the systems thinking that I gained from undergraduate and graduate school and um, embarked on learning about silicon and manufacturing and software. And over the course of my journey across Intel, I started working on large projects and got a professional program management cert. And I ended up running a chip program for Intel, which was really a cool experience and, and had then started working in some of the sister groups, looking at, hey, adjacencies to some of the, the technical skills that I had and started expanding, doing more systems and software. And then I had an opportunity to go to National Science Foundation for a couple of years through AAAS, uh, through a science and technology policy fellow. And, you know, as I returned, um, one of the things I decided to do is after spending about 20 years in the business units, go and work in sales and marketing, work with the customers, see how they're applying Absolutely. the technology that I had spent my first 20 years developing. So when I returned from NSF, I went to sales and marketing. I've been there for seven years. And to me, nothing is more fun than working with customers and partners and seeking to understand what their pain points are, how Intel technology can solve it, being their trusted advisor as part of their journey um, to basically enhance their technical vision, their business objectives. And it's just, just been a pure joy. So I worked in Internet of Things for about five years in sales and marketing. And now I'm over um, in the cloud and enterprise group focusing more on the, the data center and hyperscalers. But it's just been an incredible journey to make something and then now focus on helping people use it. Yeah, no, and I and I love that that role of sales, right? Like the advice I give when I'm I'm mentoring or you know coaching younger leaders and they're like, hey, what skills should I pick up? And one of them that I always tout is sales right? Because you're always selling something, right? Yourself, an idea, a concept, and like how incredible that you've built that into your journey. And I love that. Okay. Be a pebble. Let the stream take you where you should go. I love that expression. I'm going to borrow that one. <laughs> um, all right. So Monique, let's hear your personal journey too. Yeah. You know what? Um, listening to those young ladies, I think that is just fabulous. Um, and listening to how their journey started. Yeah. For me, it probably started a little different. <clears throat> yeah, I grew up uh, in between the South and the North um, in uh, between Louisiana and Wisconsin. And uh, my mom was part of a very large family, um, 14 in total, but um, none of them were technical wow. engineers. Yeah. I had an amazing love for math. I think it was gifted from my grandmother. Um, who had an amazing large garden to feed all those children. And um, she could calculate how much feed she needed and never waste a drop to, you know, to, to build that entire garden. Yeah. And I watched her do that for years. And I just love the math and science. I could never figure out how she knew exactly how much to get, considering she only had a sixth grade education herself. Um, but I assumed that my love for math came from her just watching her manipulate small things and be able to get to the exact amount that was needed. And I had educators. 
who really poured into me. And so I love the math. I love the sciences. Um, and they continued to nurture me while I was in school, making sure I always took the hardest of courses. And the harder they got, the more energized I became in, in that love for math and the algorithms. And so they just continued to push me. And even as I was coming into you know, high school and um, all of the advanced math classes, being the only woman in most of them, and for sure the only black woman in them, um, they ended up uh, encouraging me to take what's called a cruder preference test to see what kind of things you'd love. And it came out engineering. And so I went to school in electrical engineering, loved it, um, you know, had the opportunity to really, really grow in, in craft in that instance. And then I went to work in CPG uh, and, and spent a lot of time in the manufacturing sites. And that's why I spent probably the first 15 years really in those manufacturing sites, high speed packing equipment, um, all of the automation design some of the technical systems that it takes to operate um, those, those elements. And then was blessed with a wonderful opportunity to spend six years in Europe um, and, and uh, really kind of three in Switzerland, three in London um, in still more technical manufacturing and then technical manufacturing in those abroad countries mm -hmm. and all of the requirements associated with where they came from, particularly when you're doing vendor acceptance testing and trying to get them in uh, and encourage the organization. And particularly for me, I will tell you, um, in Europe, there were not as many women that I would have wanted to see. And so I just kind of made it my mission to be very direct and intentional about encouraging women yeah. to come into yeah. STEM and stay. Because it's very easy to leave. It's so much so easier to leave because it, it feels like you can have higher career progression um, faster. But if you stay, I promise you, and really, really hone the competency associated with being able to deliver, it can be very rewarding and very fulfilling. And I do, that, do know that women attract women. And so all of the time that I spent yeah. um, in, that, in that CPG field was just amazing in what it birthed for me. And I, it, it ended up going back to get my master's uh, in MBA, but uh, I had a small stint in retail. So working in retail and then working with customers and then sitting in retail is interesting. And then here comes Google. Right. They say, yeah. hey, we see <laughs> that you've got a balance of skills um, with all of the synergy. And you'd be surprised how much synergy there is um, as you right. sit in high tech with how you grow up in manufacturing and what it takes to still deliver for customers. Um, if you've really honed in the competency that you um, birthed in, it goes very, very well. And they allowed me to walk in now and leading this global server operations team. I'm feeling really fabulous. I've hired three new amazing women since I've been in the door, only six months here. Uh, and so these are, you know, phenomenal women who are in STEM. Uh, my boss tells me all the time, where did you find them? And I just tell him it takes a woman to attract a woman. How about that? So excited to be here. <laughs> no. Oh, oh, my goodness. As, as okay, audience, you can tell, like humbled by the incredible journeys and, and, and accomplishments that these women have had. The, the interesting thing as I sit here and listen to you tell your stories, though, is there's this common theme that you had this early exposure or early love and passion, and then academically, you fueled it, you nurtured it, you know, by what you studied. And, and I know we, you know, we've, I've had a bunch of incredible conversations with these women already, We've talked about how, you know, there, there are amazing organizations out there, right? You've got like Anita B, um, you've got, you know, Girls Who Code, which, you know, part of the opportunity and, and the challenge is, you know, exposing young girls, young female leaders to the STEM opportunities, you know, educating them. And so when you can catch it, 
you know, earlier in someone's, you know, personal and career journey, you know, all the better. Um, but I love like what you just said, Monique, which is, you know, it's about giving yourself that opportunity and investing in it and staying in it within the workplace, you know, when you've reached that point in your career. And, you know, for me, I know I'd shared with you, you know, hey, I was an econ major, (laughs) you know, most of my career I was in marketing and I was blessed with the opportunity to run website, you know, um, operations and strategies. And that was really my first foray into technology. And I was blessed in that somebody took a bet on me. Um, let's talk about them. There are barriers then in the workplace. So if you don't come to the workplace, right, with this rich scientific or engineering or technical or mathematical background and aptitude, you know, what, what are those barriers that exist and how can we move past them, right? So, um, you know, Jayshree, let's, let's start with you because I know you're doing a ton of work at 3M, to, you know, really reposition the value <laughs> of science and, mm-hmm. and not just for scientists, but for all female leaders, you know, share with us what some of those barriers are and some of the things that you're doing at 3M. Yeah, I mean, uh, it is important to have women in STEM. And yes, there are barriers across the spectrum. And I think they exist virtually in all the fields of STEM that uh, that are or have become very male centric over the years. And uh, you've addressed something right off the bat that it's not a matter of capability, that it's that's not the barrier, because you said movie hidden figures, women as computers. And we've all heard the stories of women who secretly served as code breakers during World War Two. So it's not the case of capability. And we know that in the early days, the work was done by women. Right. And when computers became indispensable and when they became associated with great power and influence, now suddenly females are edged out from that, despite having all the requisite skills. That legacy of bias, however, continues because the jobs are now located in male dominated fields filled with men's resumes and and, and perhaps modeled after male strengths. And those are all barriers. And as a result, you have less role models that becomes barriers. You have less exposure. You have less access. And then you add to it some evolutionary constructs of how women process, process and perceive and uh, project confidence. You throw in some biological makeup that we have, the, the power of social conditioning. And suddenly all these barriers build up on each other. And soon enough, you have the great barriers. Right. So you know, at, at 3M, we have this long-standing commitment to STEM, and we care about science. We wanted to understand what the public perception was. And what we found is that people don't value science as much because it has become invisible, taken for granted, and underappreciated. And we knew that we had to do something about it. So we needed to foster a global conversation. Uh, We started intentionally and actively building out an advocacy point of view and presence. So this survey, it's called 3M State of the Science Index, and we have done it uh, for four years now. We are in our fifth here and I was called upon to be the chief science advocate and we've been building out our advocacy platform based on the results of that. So for example, we created assets like scientists as storytellers guide, which is downloadable and it has great tips for science communication. Uh, We have science at home, which was a video series we created when 55 million kids transitioned to remote learning very suddenly and it has experiments that students can do. And we have kept up with our annual survey and 
now we're on the fifth year and we find in 2021, we actually surveyed 17 countries around the world. And of course, the pandemic has changed the public perception. Absolutely. Science was center stage. Scientists were center stage, providing guidelines, establishing models, developing drug therapies, and then the gift of the vaccine. So no surprise that since the pandemic, the skepticism is down, trust is up, which is great. But what the public is also saying that as a result of the pandemic, we're realizing we need more people pursuing STEM to solve for pandemics, to solve for healthcare issues, sustainability challenges. And people are saying we need more diversity. We need to do more to encourage women and other underrepresented minorities. So one of the things that we have really amped up on is, is this whole thing that people are recognizing this. It's a great time to be advocates for STEM and great time to be advocates for women in STEM. So one of the things we did recently is a docu-series called Not the Science Type, and it highlights four women scientists with the objective of showing role models like Monique and Tiffany and fostering a conversation around confronting bias and stereotypes. And I'm honored to be one of the scientists featured. So check it out. 3M.com slash Not the Science Type. Absolutely. And and to your very point, diversity of perspective begets creativity, which begets innovation, right? And so to that very, you know, that fundamental <laughs> premise is it, it feeds into, you know, now more than ever, our world needs that, absolutely needs that. Um, Monique, let's, let's talk about, I mean, you just shared, you made it a point to hire three more incredible female leaders um, to your team. So you, you're, you're clearly being strategic and committed. And what else is happening, you know, within your team and within Google to encourage more women in, into the role and field, you know, that you're leading? Yeah, you know what, I will tell you, um, I could not be more excited because I think this is a moment in time, right? The pandemic yeah. has taught us so much around what's needed to engage. And as a mother of three, myself, the things that we are doing and the options now that are available to women who are comfortable asking. If, if, if you hear nothing else, I say, getting women to ask for what they need and be unapologetic Absolutely. about it because Absolutely. you assume that it can't be done because you haven't seen it. There's nothing wrong with being a pioneer. Absolutely right. nothing at all. And these right. days you don't even have to because I think the role models are really important. When you see other role models in front of you, you know that it's a possibility for you. And, you know, we have a great program called Google Talks. We bring different women of different diversities, ethnicities, backgrounds to the table. And we allow them to have conversations yeah. and share their stories, which empowers other women to say, oh, I see someone who looks like me. Oh, I understand that I can do this. And oh, by the way, the first time we're in a Zoom, and the baby just needs a kiss. We all say hello to the baby and say, hey, how are you? Our oh, next future scientist, uh, right? You know, absolutely. And the dog needs to have some love. Okay, like, you know, <laughs> tell him, Ruth, we're, we're good. Not a problem. So absolutely. I think we have to be comfortable <laughs> with the uncomfortable, recognizing the competencies still exist. And therefore, you know, who women can get into this space and as they see other role models, and I love like what this program does because it showcases, you know, Jay, Shree, and Tiffany, shame on me that I had not met you before then, but I now have you. I now have you in my grips. I promise you that the women in the organization will be engaged and see more women because <laughs> that's what gives us the encouragement. And we have this wonderful program. I mean, you talked about some amazing women earlier, um, Sarah. Um, hopefully you've heard of uh, Anita Borg. She was an adult right. computer scientist 
And really, she dedicated her adult life to, to helping women. And it's an amazing the kind of things that she's done. And we've got a program called Women Tech Maker Scholars, which is in honor of what she did. And it was all about yeah. encouraging women to yeah. pursue careers in computer science and technology. The beautiful thing, it's a one-time $10,000 scholarship. It's available globally, so you don't have to be in the U.S. You know, Africa, Asia, Australia, Europe, Canada, Middle East, New Zealand, we got you. You can have it. Um, we've awarded over $20 million so far, which is great. So we're really serious about, you know, helping women get into this. And there's even an, a, a, an alumni kind of fellows program where they collaborate and celebrate those who've been through it and create ways to help continue to keep women as part of the organization instead of walking away when things get a little bit tough and they get tough no matter what field you're in. So we're really always trying to make sure that we are showing them up and giving them a solid foundation because if that foundation is solid, it gives them something to land on. And when things get shaky, they can stand. And that is what is important. So encouraging their truth, celebrating the full diversity of the background they have, yeah. children, lesbians, technology, assistance, even, you know, you'd be amazed at the people who, um, where technology exists. It is everywhere, right? A medical, it's there, right? Um, yeah. It's at the grocery yeah. store. I mean, yeah. I worked in retail. There's no place it doesn't <laughs> exist. So who better to help guide the future than women in the multiplicity of how we operate? So I want to encourage folks, please, 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 um, for those, those young ladies and even those senior ladies, there's always a place for you to help the next generation. And that encouragement, those role models, grow with Google, come find a job with us. We're hiring um, go to, <laughs> you know, careers, certificates. It's a great place and it's a great time. The pandemic has opened up STEM in a way that it has never been before. I've never heard supply yeah. chain mentioned so many times by people in the news who probably never knew what it was. And now the definition is so broad. It's a great moment. Really, really. Yeah, no, and it, it oh gosh, I'm going to unpack like all these great things that have just been said. But, you know, to your point, it's like STEM is embedded in every aspect of business, right? And every aspect of our life. Um, and it, it uh, to your very point, and Tiffany, I got to give you credit for this because I know in a past conversation that we'd had, you'd said, you know, we, we were talking about how women may be um, daunted by, intimidated by technology. And you so brilliantly said, okay, well, you got your phone, right? That's technology. You work with your phone every day, right? You're watching your TV, you're working with your microwave, you know, technology is embedded. And it's, you know, I think we need to take a step back and realize like, okay, yeah, we're, we're comfortable with it every day. So why shouldn't we take that big risk, take that big jump and opportunity and pursue a more technical, you know, or scientific based, you know, role, you know, in, in our corporation. Um, and, and, and Tiffany, we're, we're going to let you give a plug for hiring at Intel too. <laughs> we're going to, um, we're just going to take a quick, short commercial break. Um, I want to thank everybody for listening in so far um, to our Advancing All Women radio show. You can always check us out at newonline.org for more information on new and all of our podcasts. So hang in there. We've got more to share. And in our next half hour, we're going to focus on, okay, what should you do as a leader in an organization to grow the presence and success of women in STEM? So we'll be back in just a couple of minutes.
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Network of Executive Women is a nonprofit dedicated to advancing all women and transforming our workplaces through the power of community. We are a growing community of more than 13,500 professional women and men, representing nearly 900 organizations across North America. We are a strong, collective voice for everyone in the corporate world who wants to see gender equality become a reality, and we welcome all who champion our cause. Members of New gain access to a broad network of like-minded professionals dedicated to women's equity and leadership development. Corporate organizations also gain access to DEI Solutions, which fosters a more inclusive and productive work culture. Plus, members can engage across NU's 22 regional communities and attend two annual national conferences, which bring together the strongest minds in DEI and leadership. Join Network of Executive Women today. Visit newonline.org slash membership to learn more about becoming a member of NEW. That's newonline.org slash membership. Our thoughts and feelings not only affect our own lives, but the lives of everyone around us. Find new meanings of love, authentic expressions, and better connections with the people in your life. Tune in to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. This program will feature guests and discuss ideas that will bring a better life to you. When you find this perspective on love, it will change everything. Listen live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. There are lots of unanswered questions about life's problems, and this is especially true about spiritual life. Why can't we see God? Why is there evil in this world? Why does God let bad things happen to us and to others? Can we get divine help? Join Carl Mollison and co-host Brian Kelly for Get Wisdom. They have new answers from the Almighty you need to hear. And listening could definitely change your life. Tune in every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Advancing All Women with host Sarah Alter. Want to learn more about the show and about Network of Executive Women? Visit our website today at newonline.org. That's newonline.org. Now, back to Advancing All Women. Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to Sarah Alter and the Advancing All Women radio show and podcast. I am joined today by the three most brilliant of female leaders, Dr. J. Shree Sate, corporate scientist and chief science advocate at 3M, Monique Paku, global executive, product tech strategy and server operations for Google, 
and Tiffany Sargent, Chief Technologist for Cloud and Enterprise Sales and Senior Principal Engineer at Intel Corporation. And our topic at hand, how can leaders and organizations bring more women into STEM fields and roles? Um, so Tiffany, let's talk about what's going on in it at Intel. You know, how are they encouraging, you know, this to happen? So first of all, um, our company has put together some what we call RISE goals, and um, they're, they're pretty um, amazing goals that we've undertaken. So the first one is around um, increasing the number of women in technical roles to 40%. So we have a oh, wow. objective and, and we're putting together yeah. programs and pathways to, to get there. Um, the other piece is around um, doubling the number of women in underrepresented minorities and senior technical um, or senior leadership roles. Excellent. And I think these, these objectives are ones that are, are important to us internally and, and we're continuing to drive towards that. Um, I have the good fortune of being on something called the Voice the technologist board. It's an internal team that um, is taking on various initiatives to continue to grow and create an environment for technologists across the corporation where we're looking at driving to goals to increase the technologists internally. Um, as, as Monique said, hey, we, we want more technologists to, to come to uh, her company. You know, so, do, so does Intel and a lot of the, the women identifying other women um, you know, through a variety of means looking at how to how to bring them on board you know one of the motions that I personally look at is I go out and volunteer my time through the community um, through some technical environments but also through some non-technical environments and I think this is a great opportunity to build broad exposure and appreciation for you know what it's going to take to really drive technical and in stem environments forward and so I want to just share a little bit around what I think is, is super important around interdisciplinary teams. We talked about this um, a little bit already, yeah. but when we're going yeah. out and doing a solution, solving a problem, it's not just an engineer working with another engineer. It takes a village of people to actually look at how to create a solution. So we have these folks within Intel that are called solution architects. They'll work with customers. Let's say you're going to go into a medical environment. You're going to need maybe a data scientist to sit with a doctor or a technologist to maybe sit with someone who's actually going to use the tool. And so when you start to look at how to build out a technical solution, it really takes this village of content experts, people who have some familiarity with technology, people who are maybe an expert in a specific type of engineering, maybe a, a team of different types of engineers. We, you know, heard from, you know, different folks on this call, they bring something different from a STEM field. How do we integrate together to make a, you know, one plus one equals three in our, in our technology development? So when you think about the, the village of all the different types of people working together to develop a technology solution, you know, we have to think about when we're talking about the STEM field, you know, there's varying degrees of expertise and focus. Each person may be 
comfortable performing at, maybe interested in learning or growing to, or, or really want to focus on. And so this kind of team interdisciplinary effort is, is really important. So when we look at corporations growing or teams growing or looking at this interdisciplinary objective, you know, for us, we need folks who know software at Intel. You might think of us as a hardware company, but we're really a solutions company. You need to have all these different kinds Absolutely. of skills there. And so then how do we create objectives and goals and, and drive some of these motions forward to, to bring the variety of, of skill sets and people, different kinds of engineers, different kinds of content experts, different kinds of, of backgrounds together so that we have a diversity of thought and, and can really meld towards reaching the goal, which is, you know, to utilize technology to, to bring something forward. Yeah. And, and it's like, and you think about it, um, you know, Mayo Clinic, Cleveland Clinic, right? The the reason they are so successful is, is that they have that team approach. You know, it's not just one type of doctor, it's multiple types of specialty working together as a team. I mean, just that very premise should be applied to business. You know, you need and that's that what cross, makes me right? love Intel, that, right? Yeah. Yeah. You need that cross-functional expertise, but also perspective. And, and, and again, it, it just speaks to the need to embed diversity within your teams and within your culture and within your, you know, your business strategy. Um, Jay Shree, so I don't want you to feel left out. Are you hiring at 3M? Because you, you need to put your pitch out there too. Of um, course. But, yeah. <laughs> but would love your perspective on this as well. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, for us at 3M, you know, it's a company deep into innovation, material and digital. So whether it's our post-it notes or the N95s that we all know now, uh, or, you know, the diaper tapes, or it's the adhesives that hold the planes, trains and automobiles together. STEM is the backbone. It's a core strength. It what ties our businesses together. It's the foundational power behind our brand. But in today's day and age, you know, just as we discussed, regardless of what business you are in it's not like you can disentangle elements of stem from what you do and lines are blurred between different fields so it's not even that anymore and literally every business has a very strong technology component especially with the pandemic and literally all people as we discussed are users consumers of technology so whether you actually studied a stem subject or not if you aspire to leadership roles you have to become aware of the idea of technologies at play and analytics and logistics and cybersecurity. I mean, I, as a leader, you just need to have a handle on those. So not only is it part of the business model, but I think it's become part of the leadership model. So especially to the women out there who feel they don't have the STEM background, you don't need the background necessarily. Sometimes it's just your common sense leadership, your contextual decision making, your ability to cast a vision. That's what's needed. So don't hold back. Raise your hands to get that leadership experience in that area. For those who feel the need, there are lots of courses available out there to get you up to speed, at least at a basic level, if you feel that is necessary. But just do it. Don't create more barriers in your head as we talked about it, there are already too many out there. Exactly. No, and and I have to call out um, and and 3M, Google, Intel, all amazing partners of new. Thank you. Um, another amazing partner, Accenture, and their global uh, CEO, Julie Sweet. She shared this best practice a couple of years ago when she spoke at one of our conferences. And she would go to her technology team 
And once a quarter, she said, teach me a new technical concept. You know, and, and her premise being, I don't, I don't have to know how to program AI, but I need to, to your very point, Shri, I need to know how AI can be a facilitator of business, you know, how it can fuel, you know, growth and, and whatnot. And then she took each one of those concepts and then created a learning module for all of their consultants in Accenture. So they're intentionally, to your very point, you know, creating that opportunity of how you can learn. You have to can continue that education. And I know another, uh, many other consulting groups, Deloitte, I know does a similar thing, but it's building that structure in uh, new, like for us, as, as we say, hey, what are your leadership capabilities that you need? Okay, technology has got to be one of them. Um, Monique, I'd love to hear your perspective on this. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, with the amazing women you've had, they've said it, right? So uh, there's no place technology does not exist. I yeah. think that um, when, when I think about where we are, right, diversity of thought is so important. If you just think about some of the facial recognition technologies, right, if you only have one face you're looking at, well, what do you get, right? You, you don't get what the world is and you don't get the population that represents yeah all of the beauty that is for STEM. And I think that, you know, for women with all of the things that we burden ourselves with, and sometimes it's us doing the burdening more than the, the companies and the corporations. Oh, but, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but for all of that <laughs> burdening, back, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, we, we, can, we can reduce that unnecessary tension just by walking in the competency that we have. And, you know, in all of our technology companies, you don't have to totally be an engineer, just as you heard Jay, she said, you know, um, they're marketing folks and, and they will learn technology by being yeah. able to communicate to a customer on how you're going to solve some of their problems. We're all solving problems. And whether you are an engineer or a marketeer or a salesperson, you're trying to solve someone's problems. And that technology that goes along with that, the education base you'll have, as long as you can string those competencies together and create uh, an intellectual dialect, that solves the problem, you're gonna be in great space. So I think that, you know, it's been said time and time again, it's a wonderful time. We ought to move forward in that space. I mean, I encourage women around, and I think for all of us from a company standpoint, ask for the diversity. If you ask for it, it's out there. If you have it, you need yeah. to keep it by encouraging and, and rewarding the opportunities and the competency when you see it. And so having women at, at higher levels in the organization shows that you care and that you're continuing to move them forward. And that helps the younger generation feel that they've got a way to look up and they don't have to do a lot of changing. What I heard for these amazing women that they've been in these amazing careers and we've all spent a lot of time in a very small number of companies. So it can be done. Um, and that speaks to the commitment and the execution associated with our ability to lead and lead from one, learning the technical and then to applying it, and then moving up and leading an organization that is applying it. So um, all said very, very well, and I'm just excited about this moment in time for women in STEM. Yeah, and, and, and what's interesting too is in, in your journey, you leveraged that mathematical, that technical aptitude and set of skills and experience, and you were very much in operational roles. You know, so most people would say, oh, she wasn't in technology. You know, she wasn't in engineering. You were in supply chain. And, and now you are clearly, you know, in the role that you're playing at Google. Um, you know, same for you, Tiffany. You're in sales, right? And so you're leveraging this, uh, this wealth of knowledge and experience that you have. And you're playing what would perceive to be much more 
business type, you know, roles, not necessarily like a STEM specific role. Um, the, the, The interesting thing to you, and you had shared this, Monique, in a past conversation that the amazing thing is that technology has now allowed us to accelerate like science and innovation. So when you look at um, research and testing and, you know, now we can accelerate, you know, talk to us a little bit about that, accelerate that whole process and come to identify the miracle cures or solutions. Share your thoughts on that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, please. Yeah. So I think the acceleration has come from an acknowledgement of places that were broken and underserved. So just as you have underserved communities, I think we had underserved technologies. Um, as I have sat in supply chain, when the pandemic hit, everyone was wondering where they were going to get things from. And they had not had the digital technology to be able to trace from source and obey the way from supplier all of the component elements that were needed to build or to investigate or to service their particular customers. And it became a huge black hole. It became a, a, a black spot. Technology is the enlightening. Yeah. <laughs> it is the enlightening opportunity to showcase, visualize, bring transparency to that that allows us to keep flowing. There are companies who unfortunately are no longer here because they couldn't get out of the dark. And it's a missed opportunity because technology enables yeah. you to fast forward, and it doesn't have to be big tech, right? There's there's tech everywhere. Low tech works as well, right? So right. understanding that solution, creating the transparency and visibility and leveraging those digital tools to help you in your operation. I think companies who have not embraced that at this moment in time will be those who will miss the clock speed opportunity and will find themselves super challenged as we go along because again, there's just there's just no place it doesn't exist. If you think about the mom and pop in Asia who has to continue to source small products coming in, they need to know when they're going to get it because the worst yeah. thing you can do is be out of stock, right? The worst thing you can do is not have power. The worst thing you can do is have that server go down. It doesn't work, right? You have unhappy customers and people have choice. So points of differentiation, I believe technology now is a point of differentiation for us and how you leverage and use that technology is where you bring in the blended expertise of women in STEM because of the multiplicity of how we think. And we're always continuing forward thinking, right? If you've grown up in math and science and technology, your brain kind of never stops. You can wake up in the middle of the night and have a thought about how to progress something and you're writing it down to make sure you don't forget it. And I think people do that in a lot of different ways, right? It's, it's just the, it's the recipe for success. And I am, um, you know, continually as I sit here in Google thinking about, you know, what are the ways I am going to serve and create another point of differentiation for our customers. But I think competition is good for all, which is why for all of the companies that are servicing and that are going after technology and the women that can play a huge role in that, no matter where you are. And I will tell you, even in curriculum development, when I talk about educators, I have told every educator that I speak to, you have got to make sure you've got some analytics in that curriculum. I don't care what the major is. They could be majoring in cooking. Please put some analytics in there. Absolutely. And, 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 and I know I'd shared this story with you all before and I'll share it with the audience, but it, it, I said to my daughter, uh, you got to take a technology class lady. And so she took poetry and Python and got an A in that class. And to your very point, you know, English and philosophy major, but you absolutely need to embed technology analytics, that creativity, that innovation. Yeah. Oh, 
No, so true. Um, so we've got about five minutes left. Let's shift to, because I always like to provide everybody who's listening with, uh, okay, well, what do you do? It's like, great. We agree. We know we need to do this. So what do you do? So this is going to be our lightning round. Um, can you provide one or two tips of something a, a leader or organization can do today? I'm I'm a female leader and I'm going to make it a little trickier. I didn't major in science or technology, and now I want to pursue a role that expands me into the STEM area. So, Tiffany, I'm going to go with you first. Okay. <laughs> One so, or two tips. Um, a couple tips. First of all, um, I think we need to embrace that learning is a lifelong journey. When you're done with school, it doesn't end. So what are you doing to continue to add to your toolbox, both soft skills, leadership skills, and also technical skills? So pick one or two technical skills, no matter what role you have, and continue to up-level, whether it be analytics, as we heard, um, you know, discussed. Just just go out and continue to, to educate yourself. And so set goals, continue to educate yourself, put yourself in a Absolutely. destination because technology is, is not changing. Um, the, the other thing is, is every change starts with the person. And so what I think is super important is what are you personally doing? Everybody on the, the listening end of this um, radio show can go ahead and say, what am I doing personally? What are one or two things right. that I can do to help enhance or encourage a woman at any point in their life to embrace something new, to, to not be afraid of technology, whether you're showing your mom, you know, hey, here's how to use an iPad, or or you're going and helping a, a young woman kind of step forward. Each person can make a significant difference and then ask them to pass it along. So I'm all about, you know, women network differently than men. And I think this is a space where we can nurture and, and actually drive some change forward. So those are my two. And thanks for having me, Sarah. And I had a great time conversing with all of my, my new friends. I know. All right. So Monique, I'm going to shift to you. And and um, and I want to lead with one of your incredible team members had shared this with us, but it's the art of the possible, right? So think it's the art of the possible. What are your tips? Yeah, I think in that possible, think, think about the journey and not necessarily a one-stop destination, which means wherever you are today versus where you want to be, if you deliver with excellence where you're sitting, what that gets you notification that gets people noticing you even if you don't notice them right. and because they notice you then think about the next step that you can take in the journey on the way to where you really want to be so you're an educator you want to get out and you want to do something different in tech and again i think education is tech okay there are roles yeah. that you can move into that bridge you from point a to point b and if you keep delivering then you keep bridging and then you find yourself there so make it the journey. And I do uh, totally agree with Tiffany. When you stop learning, you become obsolete. And then yeah. I think you got to leverage your network. Never lose your network, right? Never move past the network that you gain because that network where you've delivered for them before, they will have much more openness and energy to accept and to engage and take an opportunity with you to help you on that particular journey. So don't lose your network and make sure that you think about it as a journey, not as a one-step destination. Because when you do that, then you have fear of failure, which doesn't help you. So Which, thank you very much. Yeah, no. Oh, gosh, no. And and, and to kind of add on it, it, it just prompted me to think your comment, you know, volunteer to do a tech project, right? Absolutely. Like, even Absolutely. if you haven't done one yet at work, just say, hey, I'm putting myself out there. 
I want to be a part of this project. And, and, you know, those team members are like, come on in. Um, Jay Shree, how about you? I think I agree with everything that has been said. I just feel like everywhere we go, we need to do a little bit of steam cleaning. S is for shattering stereotypes, that myth that only men can be scientists or only men can be leaders. Love it. T is for telling the wholesome story about science. We can't forget that girls and women are more inspired by pro-social goals and the context of science as opposed to just the content focus that may be sufficient for boys. And I know this from my own personal journey and raising a son and a daughter. So, you know, the context of helping people and solving problems to improve lives is instrumental in getting myself and my daughter inspired. And unfortunately, we don't talk about that. E is for exposure and encouragement, wide variety of possibilities so girls can see themselves doing these roles and women can aspire to these roles. A is for allies and advocates. We need men to be on the same page. This is not a zero-sum game. We will all benefit for it. Now it's the time for men to stand up and be allies and vocal advocates at work and at home. (laughs) And finally, M is for metrics and measures. Let's just face it. You know, some things will not change without that. And we can all talk a good game, but the numbers stay where they are. So at companies like ours, and, and Tiffany just mentioned hers, ours are almost exactly the same. And our leaders have set these bold diversity goals. Be transparent about that, ask for it, as Monique said, and progress towards these goals and force a change in mindset with metrics and measures. So I blew some steam there. But really, at the end of the day, it's a best practice that we need to change the construct. We need to stop the typecasting and tokenism. We need to make sure we dismantle pervasive archetypes and stereotypes that simply fail to inspire. And then it'll be a steam engine that could. Okay. No better way to end a show than with all three of your perspectives. Uh, You're incredible. (laughs) I want to thank everybody for listening in today. Uh, But I I just so humbly want to thank our incredible guests. Um, Your perspectives and your advice have moved mountains in my book. And I just can't thank you enough for spending the time with with me and the new team. Um, So grateful. I always want to thank Voice America. You have given me and New this opportunity to share our voice and our story, and most importantly, our mission to advance all women in the workplace with all of you listening in today. Um, Join us next week. We've got an interesting show. Um, We're going to talk about how female leaders can navigate their careers during their middle-aged adolescence. Yep, you heard me right. When we get to that middle age, we can become adolescents again. (laughs) So to learn about new and to listen to all of our podcasts, check us out at newonline.org. I'm Sarah Alter, and I want to thank everybody for listening in today. Thanks for listening to Advancing All Women with host Sarah Alter. Be sure to tune in again next week. Our program is live every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment or catch our replays weekly on Voice America Influencers. Until we talk again, enjoy your week.